Today's episode is sponsored by By Heart, which is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. In our house, we never skim on family time together on the weekends. Instead of racing around crazy, we prioritize time at home, time to relax, time to do fun, crazy things that we wouldn't have ordinarily. And you know who else doesn't skim? By heart. By heart is the only American-made infant formula with globally sourced ingredients to use organic, grass-fed whole milk without a drop of skim. Whole milk is full of healthy fats like naturally occurring MFGM, which play an important role in baby's brain development and growth. Are you curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with codename Zibby20 for a limited time. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology. Hi, my name is Arden Marine, and I am thrilled to have contributed to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. My essay is called, I Am the Writer. And what I really don't have time for is sleep, which is a drag because I love to sleep, but there's just so many things that I have to get done in the day and that I am enjoying doing right now. So I hope you guys get some sleep and I can't wait for you to read this amazing book, Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. I Not Nathan is the author of My Everything, The Parent I Want to Be, The Children I Hope to Raise. I Not is a parenting expert, public speaker, and best-selling author certified by the Adler Institute and the Ministry of Education for Parental Instruction and Group Instruction. She also holds a bachelor's degree in law from Tel Aviv University. She is currently married and the mother of two boys and three daughters. Welcome, Inad. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss My Everything, The Parent I Want to Be, The Children I Hope to Raise. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, this book was so beautiful. I know it's already been such a massive bestseller, but the things that you revealed about your experience and writing from the heart and your losses and, oh my gosh, I was like crying with you. I was, and then like in it and like every example you have with your kids, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a child. (laughs) So it was really personally exciting for me. I have kids of all ages and you have five kids. I have four kids. And anyway, it was like, yeah, I feel like there's enough experience in an afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. You know, I always wonder because English is not my native language. And I always wondered if it can cross the ocean, if it can resonate or reach mothers or parents' hearts. And it's, it's so overwhelming to find out that parenting is universal. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you do that. No. I mean, this could have been written by somebody across the hall, you know, I mean, because also everybody brings different backgrounds to 
most people here come from somewhere else anyway, you know? So, but the way you write about love and, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for the way you wrote about the stillbirths. Oh my gosh. And, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry that that happened. And thank you. You know, we debated about the opening of the book and I insisted that this loss was the beginning of my journey as a parent. I mean, this loss was such a gift in a way, you know, for the mother I was going to be and I didn't know I was going to be. I could only talk about it in retrospect, of course, but but it is the beginning of the journey. And I struggled whether to open the book with this loss, but it felt right. No, it was, I mean, not to turn the horrors of your life into what works for a book, but from a book perspective, I mean, you're immediately rooting for you, right? You yeah. like, you're immediately drawn in and, and then you want to know what, like, what do you have to say? How did you get over this? And even the way, and your writing is so beautiful. Wait, hold on. Let me see. Oh my God. I told you I dog-eared all oh this stuff. I didn't plan to cry in the first five minutes. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Even just, I'm just going to read a couple of these passages But you say, more than 10 years separate the mother I am today from that girl mother I was back then. And now looking through photos, my eyes are flooded with tears of sorrow. Sorrow for my old self, so young, exhausted, blind to the beauty of magical moments, enduring through a mess of laundry and toy parts, functional but far from happy, and above all, anxious. The old me looks back at me from the photos, me and the loneliness of being a mother to small children. Oh, right. Oh my gosh, you just captured that so well. I mean, I have these like home movies and when I see myself so stressed and so like, like why, why? Who is was, that woman, right? Right? Yeah. It's, right. It was hard. But you know, I just had this thought today because my oldest son just finished two and a half years of service in the army and everything is very emotional and exciting, of course. And I had this thought what if I would look back 10 years from now at the mother that I am now and I would think something like that as well, you know? It's so so we, we don't know, but it does change. It does change. The struggles change. Well, I do think there's something uniquely sort of, I mean, I don't want to say anything too negative, but there's something unique about parenting really small kids, because it's a totally different skill set than most people have in their back pocket. Whereas I think 100. parenting teens and yeah. older kids, like you're having conversations you might have with other adults. You might not get the same responses, but you yeah, know, but you know, it's it, at least it's not so like physical and immersive yeah, where you're yeah. like on the floor. It's boot camp, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's something more at least physically exhausting when they're tiny. Sometimes now it's completely like psychologically exhausting. I feel like there's nothing I did better to prepare myself for being a mom than majoring in psychology. (laughs) I use that stuff every day. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think Uh, that kids in general are the best psychotherapy we can get, right? It's so true. You know, if we didn't go through that journey before becoming parents... They take us, they take us there. 
I just want to read a few more of these beautiful passages yeah. because even talking about the loss of your own mother, you said, when I parted with my mother, I was already a grown up. I had two children, a husband, a life of my own. The parting took place in stages, as is the case with severe illness. It prepares us, the hover of death lingering in the air for years, dispersing a sense of longing, even while everyone is still around. I just love that too. <laughs> Sorry. And then you have your whole section on, on all of these goodbyes. Hold on. Is there one more I wanted to read for now? If not, we can just, well, anyway, let's just keep talking and I can, I can quote again later, but what was the experience of writing this book like for you? What, how long did this whole thing take? I mean, there's so much here and it's really well done. Oh my God, the broken cell phone. That was really funny too. I'm like skimming through this again. The crack of the cell phone. Even your chapter title, losing control doesn't have to be a loss. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway. Oh my gosh. And the Weight Watchers part with your son. I love that. I actually was a Weight Watchers leader for a short stint in my 20s. I know it's like one of these things. Yes. Yes, I know. That was very interesting. But anyway, the horror that he had and how you like don't micromanage with weight and then like let him come around to it himself. Tell me about that. About that specifically? Or whatever, you know, writing about it. But sorry, I'm all over the place because I'm like- Let's talk about everything. I'll tell you (laughs) the words. I love that your podcast is mom don't have time to read books. So mom don't have to write books, don't have time to write books as well. So the whole book was, was written on the notes in my iPhone. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, in between waiting for my daughter to finish ballet in the toilet, like every time I had five minutes, I was just writing and sending pieces and bits and pieces of it to my email and, and, and it accumulated with time. And I think it began, I've been a parenting expert counselor for the last 19, almost 20 years. And I always found that, you know, the know-it-all experts, the ones with the perfect picture and the how-tos and the manuals, they always made me feel as a mom, like there was something wrong with me Mm -hmm. or something wrong with my children. And it's kind of like, you know, every product that is selling, we're going to tell you what your problem is. And then we're going to tell you what you need to do in order to fix it. So it worked. And then I thought, what if there is a different way to give parents you know, information, accessible information they can actually use without letting them feel like there was something wrong with them or with their children. And the decision was, you know, to take my professional mask off and to put in all my vulnerabilities and my struggles and, you know, my imperfect five children And my journey, of course, I combined it with all of my professional knowledge, but it's kind of like an emotional journey, you know, holding hands with an expert, quote unquote. But I think that the most common feedback that I get, I think they're one of three. Okay, It's, oh, my God, I feel normal or oh my God, now I understand my children's viewpoint 
and I actually want to wake them up and hug them or you touched my heart and I know what to do now. And this was the most exciting thing for me, you know, to kind of bring parents back to, to trusting themselves and to letting go of the ego. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can't let go of the ego if we're worried there, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. It's there. So this was the journey. And about the second part that you asked, I was talking about my children's weight. Mm-hmm. But in general, I think that we jump too fast in order to fix them or to take away their pain or to make their life easier. And we all do that with good intentions. But eventually it's, it's kind of wrong because we don't, we don't trust, you know, nature's way of maturing and it's, it, 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 you know, we don't trust enough their mechanism of wanting to succeed. We don't trust enough their encounter with life. We don't trust enough, even that the values that we hold as a family will be, you know, inside them. So we start correcting them and we start reprimanding them. And we start, you know, giving them smart advice from the future. But when we let go, when we lean back, I promise you, they grab the wheel and it might not be what we expected, but it's theirs. Or the car crashes. (laughs) Or they grab the wheel and we go right into a tree or something. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it because this is, this is the fear, right? What does a car crash look like in parenting? What are we afraid of? Right. That they don't get to Ivy League schools, that they don't, you know, I don't know, look the way we accepted them, behave the way we accepted them, represent us, our greatness, you know, in the world of social network, in the world of our children being trophies or snowflakes or whatever. What is this you know, car crash that we're so afraid afraid of. I don't know. I mean, I actually meant like an actual car crash, but yes, I mean, I I think it's different for different people, right? I think it's the fear that every decision means so much to someone's development, right? And that what if you don't teach them? I mean, but maybe this is my own bias. You know, what if you don't teach them how to be resilient? What if they always quit everything, for instance? But you're if you. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. Is it okay to take one piano lesson and then say, I don't like it? Or do you have to do like years of piano and practice five times a day? Right. I'm more of the like, okay, you're not into cello. Forget it. Like moving on. There are 8,000 instruments, you know, but other people that might not be the, not that that's the, the train rack of, of parenting, but I don't know. I guess it's. No, but, but I can tell you that I've done a small research in my 19 years of, you know, practicing. <laughs> and when you ask adults, it turns out that 50% will say too bad they didn't force us to play, to play piano. And the other 50% will say it destroyed my life that they, they forced me to play, play piano. So do we want to take part of this experiment? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, we can't bubble wrap our kids to keep them safe, but we can give ourselves some peace of mind now with the Life360 app, which I am obsessed with. I first heard about this from a girlfriend at a party who told me that this was the app to use, so I got it, and now I am obsessed. It's a family connection and safety app that lets you track the people and things that are most important to you, and it's much more than sharing location. It is about safety. It keeps families connected and protected throughout the day. Plus, it helps you find your things. So I have tiles, one of which I put on my phone, which I lose 100 times a day, and I can find it through the app whenever I lose it. Also, it lets me put in locations of interest. So I get alerts when my kids reach school after taking the bus, or when my husband gets to LA, or whoever you want to track. You can do it with Life360 and feel very protected and safe and it makes life better. It makes peace of mind better. Life360 has my family's back when they're on the road, and I can track their stuff too if I need to. Plus, of course, it's a lifeline during emergencies because you can have crash detection to know if one of the kids is in an accident and with two almost driver's license kids, that is super important to me too. So put away the bubble wrap and protect your loved ones with Life360. Visit life360.com or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS. I mean, ruining your life, 50%. Again, I think, I think the question we should ask ourselves is, is because sometimes we hide behind the story that you're going to thank me in the future. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I'm a parent. I know what is good for you. And I'm telling you right now that this is how it's going to play. And most of the times, I don't know what about you, but I could never, you know, profit from advice from the future or someone else's experience or we all know that the way to learn or the way to develop or the way to even, even develop resilience or grit or whatever, you know, we wish for our children is to meet these struggles without the external mechanism of, you know, punishment or uh, carrot or stick. And I think that, we lack the patience. I think that we're a bit spoiled because the human cub, you know, it takes 25 years for our brain to finish its development. And he, if he's acting out at the age of five, we need to do something about it. And if he struggles at school at the age of, I don't know, 10, we need to take private lessons or we need to bring in the experts. And on the way, I think that what we lose or worst, what they internalize is that there's something broken in them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And I don't believe it is broken. I think it's, it's, it's our ability to, to be the positive narrators for them of their story, you know, just just being that safe space in this crazy world 
that they can come back to after adversity, failing, struggles, and, 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 you know, and just be who they are. And we know that, you know, if, if you have a teenager, we know how important it is to be that safe space. We really want to be their first phone call if something goes wrong. But we need to start proving that the minute they're born, you know? So does this mean don't make them do gymnastics? <laughs> or does it mean- <laughs> Where do we net out? Because these are the these are the big decisions in my day. I think that what it means, first of all, is when they do mess up, when they do fail, the last thing that they need to get from us is our agenda mm-hmm. or our worries or anything in that direction. Because our agenda, you know. We can talk agenda all day long. I mean, you know, my kids know what I think about drinking alcohol because they grow up in, in my home because when they're three and they ask about the beer that I'm holding at the barbecue and when they grow up and we watch the news about a car accident and I tell them about the kid of my friend that a police knocked on the door in the middle of the night. And, you know, we talk our agenda. But if one of them comes back after a night out and I smell alcohol, he will get a big hug and a big kiss and a Tylenol. And I would say, welcome home, honey, go to sleep. We'll talk about it in the morning. Because if, if, if I, if I let my agenda go out, in that minute, if I, if I, if I get, you know, if I say to him what I want to say to him, there's a chance that next time he won't come home. There's a chance that next time he'll be, I don't know, lying in a ditch somewhere or calling his friends or, you know, just making up a story. And this is the main concern, I think, of how we define that safe space. Wow. And the gymnastic question, I think that when we talk about, you know, values, it's all about who we are. I mean, you know, they're watching us from the minute they're born. So if we love to do sports, they will get that. If we love our jobs, they will get that. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree exists in English as well. Yes, it does. Okay, that's that's a point where I should say that I swear to God that in Hebrew I sound smart. <laughs> I swear to God. You sound smart just, in English too. I can't speak Hebrew. To, I mean, I could barely so like get through my bat mitzvah. So, you know. <laughs> so I want every parent to just take a deep breath and know that who we are, these are the values. I don't have to worry about, you know, raising stingy or cheap children if I have this big heart. I don't have to worry that my kids would be sociopaths, even if they act like ones, by the way. I'm talking from experience. <laughs> if, if I'm, you know, kind to strangers and, you know, this is the air they breathe and... We give so much weight 
to our speeches and to the words that we say, and we neglect, you know, the small atoms of the atmosphere, the family atmosphere, the air that they breathe, the, the I don't know, the sense of humor, the anxieties, the relationship between me and my partner, how we talk, how we fight, how we have fun, you know, the small rituals, the the way we share our imperfections with them. This is what's important. I think that parents today are overthinking everything. And it's so hard. Wow. Well, this is like the dose of parenting advice that is the most welcome of all because it means you don't have to really worry and you can just be yourself and your kids will soak it up and, you know... You can worry. I'm not going to take it from you, you know, (laughs) but don't let it be the GPS that leads your, if we're in cars, don't, don't. I love it. Having written this book, what would your advice be for aspiring authors? Oh, wow. I'm going to make you laugh. Okay, please. I don't consider myself an author. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Was that when I was supposed to laugh? Yeah, because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I have, by the way, the second book just came out in Israel. It's oh, about no teenagers. It's about teenagers. It's an overwhelming bestseller. And I don't see myself as an author. I'm just I'm just writing a journal about the thing that I care about, you know, the most. And maybe my advice would be. If you do write and when you write, you feel this flow where, you know, time stops and you're just drawn into this craft like something took over you. Just keep doing that. I love that. I love it. Well, this has been so fun, and I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. I know that's it. It's only 30 minutes. I know. I know. That's all. People just don't listen if you like give them too much of anything. You know what I mean? People are so busy. So I try to keep. We don't have time. Right? So I keep my podcast to 30 minutes so that people can, you know. I know. I listen to your podcast, but the 30 minutes went. I know it went by so fast. I know. And you're so like chic. I want to just like, I feel like, you know, you you should be like this. Oh, thank you. You gave me something. You just just gave me the excuse to put on a lipstick and a dress. No, you look amazing. I'm like, literally, I'm thinking to myself as you're talking, like, what is her skincare routine? How is she? (laughs) (laughs) What is she doing? (laughs) No, she's just, she she put on a costume. No. I swear to God. Well, you should even, yeah, even my costume an hour again. So, <laughs> thank you. Well, I don't know if you ever traveled to New York or whatever, but would love to meet you in person. I'm one waiting time. for I'm waiting for COVID to I don't know. All my book tour was canceled due to COVID, and we're just waiting for the world to wake up again. Yes, I'm all packed and ready to go. <laughs> I mean it. Oh, well, I'm so happy to connect with you. I I can't wait to read your teen book now. I really need that one, P.S. So, and this was so great. And it's just so nice to have like down to earth advice coming from 
a place on high that everybody needs to hear. And thank you for making a personal dream come true. I really, it, it, it was a dream for me to talk to you. Oh, really. that's so sad. Really? No, you should see me when I got the mail. I was just, oh, yeah, I was just jumping all around the house. You know, when I got a good review on the New York Times, I wasn't screaming like that. That is so sweet. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope I didn't disappoint you. (laughs) No, no, you were incredible. But the half an hour disappointed me. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) We'll we'll do lunch in New York. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you can come on and talk about your teen book when it comes out in New York. And then we'll do our second. I would would love to do that. I can't wait. Okay. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Have a terrific day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 